Somebody always rises to the moment as a writer and also in these segments is Nate Bauer on 3.com Blue White Illustrated. I went to transition school. Welcome, sir. Steve, I'm just trying to keep up with you. you know? <laughs> I went to transition school. <laughs> How do you make that transition from one to the next? I, I love it. I, I can't do it. We 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 got the podcast now and the right and the cold open. I can't, I can't do that. It's horrible. Oh, all it takes is repetition. You'll be great. Um, so when you watched the third quarter on Saturday night, what ran through your mind and what notes did you take watching how Penn State played the third quarter Saturday night? Yeah, um, you know, a few. Th- well, certainly it was it was a carryover, right? The the second quarter was the tapping at the floodgates, mm-hmm. right? Minnesota's defense could not; they didn't have any answers, um, you know, for really for what Penn State was doing. And and uh, you know, I guess by the middle of the third quarter, it became clear uh, that the answers that didn't exist in the the first half were not coming to them. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't there was no there was no solution halftime adjustment uh for Minnesota to make and so I saw a Penn State team that look we've been talking about it all year, right? Uh explosive pass plays have not happened for this Penn State offense mm-hmm. and Saturday they did. So, you know, you, you uh the stat I pulled was I believe going into the game, Penn State had five explosive play passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And granted, one was a busted play on Saturday night, but they had four on Saturday night. So that, you know, that, that was a, a major step that I thought, um, you know, against an admittedly kind of hobbled, um, you know, Minnesota team, but, but Penn State took it. They, they needed to take that step, and they did. But not hobbled on defense. Um, no, nope. I mean that was that's 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 their defense. That's their guys. Uh, yeah, I, and, and having I, not faced anybody, right, 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 exactly. And that that goes now to uh, another element. Sorry, Marin, in the middle is a terrific run down linebacker. What did getting the tight ends do? Not just to open things up, but get him off balance because pass uh, covering the pass is not his strong suit. As as I have come to understand, look, I'm a novice out here, right? Uh, I'm just no, I, I let the I let the pros do what they do, but the game is putting linebackers in conflict, right? It, it's that 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 is what these offensive coordinators are trying to do, is generally speaking, defenders. But where you bludgeon people is by getting linebackers on their heels so that they aren't making quick decisions. They're not reading. Uh, they're not just filling gaps and making plays. And so, yeah, they, Penn State, you know, went to the linebacker, excuse me, to the tight ends often and found the middle of the field. It, it, it was, you know, it, it's kind of tough because you, you'll, you'll listen to James Franklin and he says afterward, he insists, and, and I believe him when he says this, that it, it wasn't as though it was a massive point of emphasis saying, you know what, whatever Minnesota does, we're going to pound this square peg into a round hole mm-hmm. regardless. Right. It wasn't that. It was what Minnesota 
wasn't able to do. And, and so that's what, you know, obviously Mike Yersich and, and Penn State credits to them uh, for being able to, to recognize that and take advantage of it. Well, Micah Shrewsbury is a great example of it because Micah Shrewsbury will sit down at the tape and, you know, and he'll go through with his team. When he's done with the tape, I said, you know, I mean, I asked him one time, I said, how can, you know, what are you looking for when you're picking out matchups that you want to exploit? And he said, Steve, it just jumps out to you. Yeah. And he's right. Yeah, I mean, there's certain guys you look at and go, I mean, I mean even I'll watch a tape with, with my novice eyes and go, okay, can't defend. Uh, you know, <laughs> and it was, it was, and it was the same thing with this. You watch the Minnesota tape. People are, and part of this is a product of their schedule. But Minnesota only given up. Everybody's talked about the sixty-six percent that they converted on third down. Yep. Well, they'd only given up twenty-two percent on third down all year. And Penn State was yep. five of eleven. Oh, and by the way, it was five of its first nine when the game was a game. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's all, all of the things that. Penn State couldn't do at Michigan, Penn State needed to be able to do against Minnesota. (laughs) It was, it was not, you're not talking about the same quality of opponent, but you are talking about the same plan, right? The, The same DNA of what those programs want to do to you on both sides of the ball. Uh, right. And so, and so there, there was a little bit of, needing to exercise some demons, I think, for Penn State. And, and you know, those areas that they came up short in, they, they right, they get into third and short situations and, unlike Michigan, convert them, yeah. right? right. They, they were able to do that on Saturday right. night. Uh, and, and on the other side of the ball, uh, I, you know, I was able to talk to Adisa Isaac after the game. Yeah. This isn't rocket science. They're just trying to get you into third and long. Yeah, that's all, that's all Penn State's trying to do. Yep. They're, they're trying to bottle you up on first and second down. They did that against an outstanding running back, uh, but they, but they were able to keep him in check. He wasn't able to, to rip off uh, any fifty yard runs, and so you know by keeping him to two three yards a carry on first and second down, look that was a Minnesota quarterback that just wasn't he wasn't equipped to be able no. to handle that against Penn State secondary uh, in third and long situations. And they were in third and long situations all night long, right. thanks in large part to five false start penalties, right. four, of which were, four of which happened on third down. Right, exactly. Um, so one of the other elements that's important in this, and it's, this is difficult to do, very difficult, especially in today's culture, because you live it, <laughs> and that is you have to somehow channel out any outside noise. Because the one thing you don't want to do in any situation is overreact and panic. Yep. Now, <laughs> you have to sit there and you have to read all you know whatever it is you're reading. I'll get te- I'll get Ron Moeller will text me and say, "Hey, this is all." And I go, "Really? <laughs> okay, that's all." Kind of, the mole man's kind of like my link to whatever you're doing. Uh, <laughs> I'll read your articles. Um, you know, you, Sean, Ryan. I'll read the articles. Uh, Greg, uh, T. Frank. Did I get the whole staff? I think I did. That's that's the crew right there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I mean, I'll read the articles because you guys are terrific writers, do a great job, um, but. Uh, but when it comes to the comments section, with all due respect, no. Uh, so what is it like on your end 
having because you have to react, I'm sure, to some of this along the way, yep. pro pro and con. I'm sure that's part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, especially when it comes to the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, you know, the first three series, okay, I got it. But yep. he threw for two ninety five and four touchdowns after that. Sort of pretty good. I mean, a lot of people I think would live with that. Yeah, I you know, look, I I am I, I'm not a hot take guy. You know this, right? I know. I know. Penn State fans at Beaver Stadium booed Sean Clifford when he was introduced in the pregame warm-ups okay. as the starting quarterback. I refer to it on the broadcast as a mixed reaction. So it's uh okay, but not, I know. I but they couldn't okay. miss it. You couldn't miss it. Yeah. Was it was it a, a avalanche? No, but enough that you noticed it. And more important to me, Penn State players noticed it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to preach for a second here and stop me if I, I should, but it's embarrassing. Penn State fans who, who behaved that way before the game starts should be embarrassed for doing that, right? Uh, one, the kid is, is a great kid. He deserves better than that on its the merits alone but this is your home team right uh i, I it, it is a weird vibe like i'm, I'm looking at this from thirty thousand feet and it is a weird vibe for penn state football right now i get that there are some some fans uh frustrated it look the last two years are inescapable okay it's all understood and sean clifford's role in some of those results is understood. I get where that's coming from. I know. Oh, no, I understand. I, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, every time he throws a ball, like, for example, he's run a screen and the screen's pulling up and he throws it into the dirt, everybody thinks it's his fault instead of saying it's a, really a smart play. Right. <laughs> it's right. like, he throws it in the dirt. Yes, because it's covered. <laughs> he's, 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 a, he's a flawed quarterback. It's fine. He's But he's not... He's not some abject failure who it is like I, I people's perceptions at this point are so far removed from reality that it's it's difficult to to sit there and digest. Right. Because I don't have a rooting interest in this. I'm just, I'm just sitting there watching right. it. And sure. I'm saying, hey, how how do you not see what is being said and what is is out there right now, right? Which is very simply, everyone understands that Drew Alar is going to be great. He's going to have a great career. Drew is he's not Drew there is a quite Drew, yet. Drew is he's a fabulous. Drew is a fabulous prospect. I mean, I get the, I get the privilege of seeing it every day. He is a fabulous prospect. Bo Perbula is a really good prospect too. I mean, I never want to yep. leave him out of it. You know. So I, I understand, like, the shiny object is very shiny. <laughs> okay, I got very it. Very shiny. But. It's very shiny. But, you know, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Please continue. No. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm echoing the same sentiment. It is there. It, 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 Mike Yersich talked about it last week. Uh, he had a, a interview with, with the media on mm-hmm. Thursday. Yep. And it's it's not all that complicated. They have more answers for what defenses are going to do to them with Sean Clifford, just based on his experience alone. 
and you might be able to recognize, I can recognize it, everyone can recognize, that physically Drew Larp has more physical talent. It's, it's, it, right? That's not up for debate. He, he's got a bigger arm. He, right? The way he passes the ball, all of those things, it's fine. It's, it's, it will be great for him in the future. And that future is coming very, very soon. Mm -hmm. But right now, today, Penn State is making an informed choice as a coaching staff as to who they believe gives them the best opportunity to win right now. And guess what? Saturday night, they won to improve to 6-1. and Again, I understand the frustration of losing to Michigan. It's fine. People that are, like, I mean, the the amount of sentiment of people who believe – it's not even worth showing up on Saturday. I, I just, I fundamentally reject that. <laughs> like as college football programs, even two touchdown favorites lose games sometimes. <laughs> and so that like, that to me, this is a compelling week of football. This is, this is going to be a great game on Saturday. There, there's every reason to believe uh, that that it will be a competitive game, uh, and so I, I just it, it's a it's a strange place to be, where you see six and one, uh, a team that yes they they stubbed their toe they had a really bad game, did not play well out at Michigan, but they've got an opportunity Saturday, to do something special, to do something that sets up these crazy possibilities that zero people I keep hammering this home zero people including myself, projected Penn State to win 10 games, let alone 11 games this season. If they lose or win on Saturday, they still have every chance in the world as a football program to have an excellent season by Penn State standards, right? And so we're going we're gonna to see. We're going to see what happens. But it just, it's just very, um, it, it's very confounding seeing you know that that frustration and disgruntledness kind of bubbling over uh and and in my opinion being taken out on people who who really don't deserve any of that frustration as a person sean doesn't deserve it as a person he doesn't uh i will say this when the coaches sit down in, in in the conference room I remember when Penn State started two walk-on linebackers one year, Ben Fatty and Williams, okay? And they started the season with them, and, pe- and people are complaining. I can't believe it. Do you think they sit down in a conference room and they say, you know what, let's start these two guys, you know? I think it'll make the yeah. game more competitive. What do you think? Yeah. Right? Yep. Or do you think they're making decisions like, okay, those are the best <laughs> guys we have. I think we need to play them. I mean, yeah. like, what decision do you think is being, you know, I'd like to play the game with one arm tied behind my back. Let's give it a shot. See how it goes. You know, I think it'll be a lot more fun for everybody, including the fans. What do you think? Show yeah. of hands. Show of hands. Everybody in favor. I think that's great. Great idea. Let's do it. Yep. I said, or they sit down and say, what gives us the best chance to win based on who we have? The, the, <laughs> the, the storyline. I always love the that. Line of, <laughs> the line of thinking that I uh, just adore right now mm-hmm. is – that James Franklin is incredibly stubborn. He's just the most stubborn guy in the world, refuses to get out of the way, right, et cetera, et cetera. But we're to also believe that because of the booing in the first quarter, he, he didn't double down. He was willing to, right, like 
all of the bad plays were called by James Franklin on Saturday, and all of the good plays were called by Mike Yurcich. It's like, what what are we doing here, folks? It's a kind of a, what what is happening? Never really thought of it that way, Nate. I I never really <laughs> ran through my mind as I was watching it. You know, I was like, all right, Jack, good news. All the James plays are out of the way. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I never really thought. I never, these are things that we don't think of up there. It's like you, no. you should feel fortunate to not be in that world in the middle of a game. <laughs> Um, what do you think? What do I think was this? So in other words, the same coach that said, you know what, I think Nicholas Singleton's the best option to start a tailback as a freshman. The same coach who said, yeah, you know, Manny, you're right, let's go with Abdul Carter at linebacker this week mm-hmm. as a freshman. That stubborn mm-hmm. coach? Yep. Okay, I just want to make sure we get the same stubborn coach here. I just, you know. <laughs> it's just. Some of it just defies. I think it would be more entertaining if we start these guys. Let's do that. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I think it would just be a lot more fun. Maybe it would be more exciting for the fans. Closer game. What do you think? <laughs> there are there are very front and center things that you can you can identify and point out, and the data backs it up, reasons to be critical of James Franklin. Right, like it's it's there. It, you you can have that conversation and say he hasn't been able in the past couple of years to get the program over the top. Uh, quarterback development, roster maintenance. Mm-hmm. There, there. These are real things that you can actually have a, a, a pretty good dialogue about and say, oh well, you know, maybe this hasn't been good enough. Maybe maybe this isn't where it needs to be. Uh, but but some of this other, it's just like fabricating it fabricating reasons to be upset when there's there's actual things that you could criticize and have a pretty good point about and 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 believe frustrating and these are things that he goes over in his own mind over and over again because he's always taught he's always talking to me about best practices got to be better here got to be better he talks to me about this all the time so sometimes you know guys in that spot sometimes like their biggest critic is them of course. <laughs> right? Because of course. because he's trying to be the best he can be and he's trying to figure out how can I be better? How can we be better? How can we, like, that's his job all the time. So he's trying to like I'm perfect, everybody else no. Right? No, that's not how he goes about it. He's very, you know, maybe maybe because people don't get a chance to talk to him like that. Like he's always looking, okay, all the time, what's best practice on everything? Including maybe how he approaches things, or something, you know, or something he needed to change. Whatever. I mean, he's always looking at himself. People don't realize that. Always. So, always. Because and, that's, and that's the kind of guy and leader he is, huh? Very much so. Yeah. And whether he has the answers all the right. time or not, it, you know, look, it, it just kind of is what it is. Um, but it's just, it's just like I said, it is. It's a weird vibe right now and i get some of the frustrations that penn state fans have i I get some of it but it's it's not uh it's just you know look part part of me wants to say hey enjoy this enjoy this six six and one is is like pretty good by penn state standards you've been doing this for a long time and there have been plenty of Penn State seasons, especially within the past 20 years, where they aren't 6-1. Well, you know right? what? Every team gets to write its own book. 
All right. Every team gets no to doubt. write its own chapters. Right? You just can't sit there. Well, they did this last year. Well, I don't care. <laughs> what does that matter? Oh. Every, you know, I got to let you go. I've eaten up too much of your time. Thank you so much. I got to, I got to write a, uh, a little, a little hoops update. Yes. Yeah, tomorrow's media day. As a matter of fact, it's coming, so, you know, little... yeah. Jai and Mahaffey and all those guys, you know, they're uh-huh. nice additions to this team. Uh-huh. Cam Winter. Cam Andrew Winter. Funk. Funk, uh, you know, corner pocket three, baby. There you uh, go. So, yeah. Uh, I like I like the preseasons look good to me, and I know they just had a double secret probation uh, scrimmage mm-hmm. over the weekend. That's why I was mm-hmm. referred to that like nobody can know. I'm like, you sit there and go, like, everybody knows how what happened. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and, by the way, performed very well. All right, so <laughs> we weren't supposed to say that? Okay. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. You bet. Always. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. See you. All right. Nate Bauer on 3.com, Blue White Illustrated.